unless you and I confront these generational bondages by the power of the Holy Spirit, guess what? They will continue to control and manifest in our lives. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Y'all doing all right? Hey, let me, uh, let me say something before we get rolling here today. I just want to kind of bring your attention to something that the Bible says. The Bible says again and again in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that, that basically this, that Jesus basically healed people. And then it says on other times that according to their faith, they were healed. Okay, so, so the reason I say that is because a lot of us have uh, spent time in churches, and I'm not slamming any churches, please understand my heart here, where, where they believe basically that there's no possible encounter with God, encounter with His power, encounter with, uh, you know, encounter with His Word. And, and so what happens is, is they show up week after week after week, and guess what? They don't believe for it. Right. And uh, but there's something about uh, and, it, and it has nothing to do really with doctrine, but it just has to do with hunger and expectation and faith that when you come to God and you believe God for those things, guess what happens? He comes. Am I making sense? So I just want to maybe uh, maybe challenge us in a way. And I, and I know, you know, once again, some of you guys may have a hard time processing that because of things that you've heard uh, in life. But listen, I, I've experienced way too much in God and the power of God in my life to want to go. Let's go backwards. Yes. And so so I just uh, maybe would encourage you guys, kind of all of us, you know, truthfully, just to go, man, let, let's go for broke. Let's go for God. And, and listen, it's not about emotions. It's really not about emotionalism. It's about faith. And uh, and let's just believe God's word. You know, the truth is, is I, I've been praying for. I don't know, a few months now, I, I, I saw this book cover and it really got my attention. And I'll just say what I've been saying to Jesus. I just said, Lord, I don't want to be an unbelieving believer. You know, so often we read things in the Bible and we just, we don't really believe it. I just want to take him at his word. Yeah? Man, I believe God wants to do something really, really significant in some folks' lives today. And so I would just encourage you to open up your heart and let the Holy Spirit speak. Do, do we believe God speaks? Yes, we do. And, uh, and he's personal and he does speak to us. So just open up your heart wide. And, and I believe Jesus wants to bring freedom for some people today. And, uh, and I'm going to do my best to preach what I feel like he's given me. Let's pray one more time. So, Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here today. God, there's such a gift, uh, Lord, to you and the kingdom, Lord, and, and literally a gift to all of us. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray, God, one scripture in particular today, God, Philippians 1, 6, that says that you are, uh, you know, that you're faithful to complete, God, the work that you began in us. And uh, so, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're not through with us, uh, but, Lord, you're still moving in our hearts, you're moving in our lives. And so, Lord, I'm just asking today, God, that your light and your life would come in this place today. And, Lord, that every bit of darkness, uh, God, that's even in the corners, God, of our lives would flee today in Jesus' name. So, Lord, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your glory. Holy Spirit, we give you full permission and full room to say everything that you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Listen, I want to uh, I want to tell you a second, and like I said, do my best to lay down a a, a quick foundation of where we're going to uh, go. And so uh, to do this, I want to start off by a scripture that's actually been rolling around in my heart the past few weeks. And so if you have your Bible, do, do me a favor, turn to Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. I know we we'll have it on the screen, but sometimes it's good to see it in your own Bible. All right, here we go. Let's read this. Matthew four seventeen. I'm kind of picking up midway through the verse, but Jesus said this. He said, "Repent." For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wave your hand at me real quick if you're familiar with that verse. Anybody? Awesome. So most of us here are familiar with that verse. Very common. But let me say this. For years, like many people, when I read this verse, I would uh, consistently put the main emphasis or the main focus on the word repent. And, uh, you know, listen, it was almost like I read it like this. Kind of maybe a little too cute here, but yeah, it was like I read it like that. Repent, <laughs> repent, you monsters of iniquity. You know, whatever. Re- repent for the, it's like, repent, right? For the kingdom of heaven's a hand, right? So that's the way I would read it. Now, listen, while there's no doubt that the message of uh, repentance is significant, and I wholeheartedly believe in, in repentance, but, but listen, it wasn't until recently that I realized that that wasn't Jesus' main emphasis or main focus in this verse. And so let, let me maybe explain, and this is where I hope I don't confuse you, but, but we know that the basic form of the word repent means to turn away from, right? That simply means to turn away from. But, but if we think about this, but if we never have anything to turn toward, we're really missing the point. And, and it's kind of like this, if I'm missing the point, guess what happens is uh, we're bound to repeat whatever it is that we keep trying to turn away from. And so it's almost like if you can imagine that, that we're here and the Holy Spirit convicts us and, and we repent. And so we begin to turn from this thing. But if we never locate what we're supposed to turn to, guess what happens after a while? We're just going to once again grab a hold of and repeat. We might have starved that thing for a season. But guess what happens? We're just going to go back to old behavior patterns, old habits that we used to do. Anybody ever been there? So, so listen, if you can kind of imagine this, and this may sound super silly, but I'm a visual person, and, and this is kind of the way I see it. It's almost like in certain areas of our lives, uh, we resemble a merry-go-round. Now, I'm not talking about one of those, you, you know, little, little cheap ones that are at the playground. I'm talking about one of those big old carousels with the horses, right? Y- y'all with me? And, and so what happens is, is it's like in our lives, we keep going around and around, up and down, right? There's good days, bad days, round and around, right? Up and down. And what happens is it's because the axis of our Christian walk seems to keep rotating on some sin or some issue, some problem or so hang up that we just can't get free from. Anybody ever been on that ride? Yes. So, so listen, it's kind of like in this, we, we can either respond to that merry-go-round by, uh, you know, keep repenting like some broken record, or we can do this. We can begin to make excuses for who we are and what we do. And people tend to do the other. It's like they, they just, it's like they either fall in this, this pit where they become, uh, where they begin to overemphasize sin in their life and they become so sin conscious or not God conscious. And they just continue to repent, 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 or they do this. Well, I'm covered by grace and they ignore what's in their life and then they just make excuses. I've met both. So listen, let me kind of draw your attention to a verse here. Uh, I I believe what we're talking about here is kind of what the Apostle Paul was trying to encourage or warn the Galatian church from kind of falling into. So let me show you this verse. It's Galatians 5 verse 1. Simply says this. It says, stand fast in the liberty or the freedom by which Christ has made us free. And then it says, and do not be entangled, what? Come on, what? 
again with a yoke of bondage. If I can maybe take a moment and, and use a little liberty here, just give me some grace. It's almost like Paul is saying, guys, get off the merry-go-round of bondage. Stop reliving the same chapter over and over and over. Quit circling the same issue again and again. Why? Because it's time to go forward, right? It's time to move in a direction of victory, in a direction of freedom given to you through Christ Jesus, right? So, so, all right, so with all that said, this is where I'm, I'm hoping I'm not confusing here. With all that said, uh, going back to Matthew 4, 17, let's read it. This time in the New Living Translation, this is basically what Jesus is saying. It's time to do what? It's time to repent or to turn away from your sins and turn towards God. Why? For the kingdom is at hand. And so if you can, if I can maybe say it this way, Jesus' main emphasis in this wasn't so much repentance. Once again, we believe in that. But the emphasis that he was trying to get across was, look, guys, the kingdom is here. Right? And so it's this understanding that repentance is just simply this. It's a vehicle by which we come into the kingdom. It's not something that we're supposed to somehow slap our doctrine and base our church off all that. Because churches do that. Right? And it's just, let's beat everybody down. Right? No, 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 guys. we got to move on, and we got to find out what life looks like in the kingdom. Yeah. Amen? So, so if I can maybe say it this way to you, is it, this idea. It's that what you and I are saved to is greater than what we've been saved from. Yeah. Amen? And so I believe that, once again, if we go back to that verse in Matthew 4, you don't have to throw it up. But listen, if, if we always just keep focused on repentance, then we make what we've been saved from greater than the kingdom that we've been saved to. Great place to say amen. amen. So, so listen, if I could say it this way, and if you're jotting down notes, maybe you can write it this way. Just kind of help you remember. But our future in him is greater than our past without him. Our future in him is greater than our past without him. Once again, why? Because obviously he saved us from our sin and he's called us to be a healthy part of his kingdom. All right, listen, while today the kingdom is really not the focus of today, we may get there in a few weeks. I keep telling myself that, but anyways, but, but listen, uh, it, still, it still bears to be asked, what is the kingdom? And, and I could go uh, several ways on this but I'm going to try to make it really simple, okay? And uh, in other words, when you break it down and you look at everything, the kingdom is basically this. It's, it's basically, it's God's, or let me say it this way, so I'm in accordance to that, that the kingdom is simply God's way of doing things. That's it. That the kingdom is God's way of doing things. So when Jesus came, he basically came to go, hey, look, this is the way heaven does it. So, and in, in kind of in light of what we're talking about here up top, it's this, that, that he wants us to turn from, everybody please get this, that he wants us to turn from, repent from our way of doing things, and he wants us to turn toward and begin to do things the way he does things. Another way to say it really simple, it's becoming more like Jesus. Okay? So, so I kind of said all that so I can say this. That's foundation. Okay? is for the past few weeks, I, I, I keep finding myself in almost like conversation after conversation after conversation with uh, people who either basically, uh, how can I say this, basically with the individual or about another individual. So in other words, these conversations are, are basically about someone who really loves God or it's with someone who really loves God. And, and, but what happens is, is for the life of them, they cannot figure out why either they themselves or the person that they love just can't stop doing what they're doing. 
right? And, uh, you know, to kind of give you an example, and this isn't any conversation I've had. I'm just pulling examples outside of it, okay? So, uh, but basically it says, how can a man who sincerely loves his wife continue to struggle with pornography, okay? Or, or how can a woman who really, really loves her husband consistently see him in a negative way? Or how about this, that how can a normally well-spoken, very intelligent individual, right, uh, fly into a fit of rage almost at the drop of a hat? Or we say it like this, how can a woman, because I see this a lot, who knows the Bible from cover to cover, uh, live in constant fear and worry? Yeah. Fill in your blank there. We all got it. Right. And so it's like it's like this. And, and, and this is where, you know, it'll connect to you. It's like how many times do we go, man, I know better than this. But yet we continue day after day, continue to move down that same old path. So, so maybe if I could package and this is the reason I brought it, Matthew uh, chapter four, verse 17. If I could kind of package what we're saying here to that verse, it's like it's like this. Here's the question I'm asking God. What is the thing that stands between our repentance and us becoming a healthy part of the kingdom. Because watch this. If we just sat back and go automatically when you know, we hear the question, well, it's sin. Is that not what we keep repenting of? So what's the hang up from repentance to being a healthy part of the kingdom? I believe it goes a whole lot deeper than just sin. Right? And, uh, and, and y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. I love it. But, but it's this. It's like I definitely believe it goes deeper than that. And I definitely believe all of us struggle with it if we know it or not. Okay, and so let me, let me maybe show you something here. So often when a person messes up, right, it could be something that they thought about. It could be an attitude. It could be the words that they said. It could be behavior or whatever. Uh, we just automatically go, well, they sinned, right? And, and what happens is, is we tend, to group, we tend to group sin all in this one category, but in doing so, we actually forget that God uses several words to describe when we mess up. Let me give you an example here, okay, a few. He uses words like this, sin that we've already mentioned, iniquity, okay, transgressions, and trespasses. Now, all those have very distinct meanings, and if you go, no, they don't, well, the question I would ask is, then why are they used in the same verse many times? Okay, so, so obviously all of those have different Hebrew words and different Greek words that are attached to it. But, but we'll just focus on two of those for the sake of time, sin and iniquity. So I'm going to try to make this clear, and I'm hoping that Jesus will, praying that Jesus will do some incredible things. Here we go. To, to illustrate the difference between basically sin and iniquity, let's say this, that, that we know that the common word for sin simply means to miss the mark. If you've heard that? Right? To simply miss the mark. So, so let's say, just illustration, that, that an archer is aiming basically at a target. And he misses the thing completely, man. I mean, he rears back, best effort, lets that thing go, and totally misses it, right? And uh, so whatever he was shooting at, he came up short. Now, watch this. We, we know, morally speaking, you and I are all aiming for righteousness. We are all aiming for the standard that is set for us, and that's to be like Jesus. Therefore, when you and I miss the mark, when we let that thing go and it's all, Guess what happens? We, we did what? We missed the mark. We, uh, we sinned, right, when we blew it, okay? But, but what if, so often, let me say this, we stop there. But what happens if we stop and we begin to ask why the archer missed the target? Now it's something different. 
Okay, when you begin to ask why, in fact, if you uh, want to get theological, the, the why here, if you're looking for it, you would, you would insert the word iniquity there. Let me explain. The, basically, the word iniquity simply means this. The word iniquity means to bend, to twist, or distort. To bend, to twist, or to distort. Now, I'm definitely no Robin Hood, but uh, I'll just say this. Or ask you maybe, what happens if a bow, all right, or even if an arrow becomes bent or twisted? He said useless. The bottom line is it will not, will not, will not, as talented as you are, ever be able to shoot straight, right? It's lost its accuracy. So dare I say, right, uh, it's the same with a person. Listen, it becomes, when we're talking about here the iniquity, it becomes the why, the reason we keep missing the mark, Okay, so, so if I can maybe say it this, because this is really important, and here's the angle we're, we're shooting for, okay? It, it has also been said, basically, that the word iniquity is described in this way. We'll throw it up. That iniquity is described as a tendency toward a sin, notice the word tendency, toward a sin or error because of the influence of one's parents or family history. Say it again, as a tendency toward a sin or error because of the influence of one's parent, parents or family history. So I want you to think about something here. What, what happens when a tree is growing and that tree is constantly blown by the wind in one direction? That thing grows with a bend in it. To make sure I was accurate, I walked outside and I looked at my yard yesterday. And I looked at all those birch trees because we got hundreds of them. And I, sure enough, I, we got ones from ice storms, you know, whatever. They're, they're all doing their deal, right? And, and so, listen, if, here's the point. It's the same with a child, okay? And, and so I'll just read this to you. You can grab a hold of it. But to the degree which a parent is righteous and normal in their behavior is typically the same degree to which the child is able to grow up, for the lack of a better word, straight, and emotionally, mentally, and spiritually healthy, okay? However, when the parents' attitudes or behaviors are sinful, wrong, or we'll just say unbiblical, it creates a direct influence in their lives, which can cause them to be bent or twisted in a wrong direction, causing them to, and here's another part of actually iniquity, meaning of it, to deviate from the right path. So if you're taking notes, the simple thing is this, is you can just write down this, is that a generational pattern emerges. A generational pattern emerges. So if we want to take this step further, and this is where some of y'all may think I'm crazy and it's all right. I, I can't one, two, three, ABC, all this of why, but, but I know it's true because I've, I've seen it too much. But, but listen, ha, have you ever wondered why a specific iniquity or we'll say bondage seems to be passed down from generation to generation? And what's so interesting is this, is, is it's like even, it even happens with family members who have never seen each other, been with each other because of either distance or time or whatever, but yet it's this thing that's these common traits that continue to pop up through the bloodline. So here's the reason why. If you want to get down to it, you know, the other stuff can sound psychological, but man, this is, this is Bible, what I'm about to give you. It's simply this. It's because uh, there's these things called demonic spirits. And they're fallen angels, we know that. And we have to understand that, that demons do not regenerate. 
In other words, there's no such thing as baby demons, daddy demons, mama demons, grandpa and granny demons. There's just demons. And so the point is, is this, is that guess what? The, the same demons that were hanging around your great, great, great grandfather and your great, great, great granny, I, for the country folks in here, then what happens is, guess what? They're still alive today. Okay, and so what happens is, and once again, if we believe it or not, those, those demonic spirits are still connected, or better word, they're still assigned to your family bloodline. And so if you can imagine this, and, and once again, I, I, don't, I don't need, I personally don't need a bunch of theologians to tell me I've seen all this in my family. It's very clear. And so what happens is, let's say this is like generations. Basically, this demon whispers in her ear, and a circumstance happens, something, and she responds in this way, or maybe reacts in this way. Okay, what happens is, is it could come down another generation, same thing whispers in her ear, and she reacts in the same way. Comes down to the next generation, and reacts in the same way. And we just go, man, something's in the DNA. It's not in the DNA. So, So watch this. This is why iniquities are often referred to basically generational bondages. Okay, some people call them a curse. We're going to use the word generational bondages. So, so they're all accurate. Okay, but but just I, I think that word sometimes scares folks, but it's in the Bible. All right. So, so listen to this unless you and I confront these generational bondages by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? They will continue to control uh, and manifest in our lives. Yes, and so what I'm trying to tell you here is, once again, I repent of my actions, but what happens is, is what's keeping me from becoming a healthy part in the kingdom is these hangups that I have called iniquities that, once again, they just cause me to be unhealthy, and I never really function at the level that God's called me to function. Because why? Because just that stuff is still on me. Now, now here's what you got to understand. We're not talking about, because when you look at the Bible, it's different words in the Greek. We're not talking about possession, the demons don't possess. You're born again. You're going to heaven, right? Feel the Holy Ghost. Great. Okay. But what we're talking about here is there's an oppression that comes upon you. And basically, if you can imagine that thing still, it, it still, it has influence. Maybe the best way to say it, into your life. Okay. And so once again, unless you confront that thing by the Holy Ghost, guess what? It will continue to have influence. So if you and I are sitting here today and we're going, okay, how in the world do we get off this merry-go-round? How in the world do we begin to make forward progress so we can become a healthy part of God's kingdom, okay? Because let me just say it this way. If you go look at the teachings of Jesus, you see a central theme, but basically it's kingdom, 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 kingdom. So there's emphasis there, okay? And that's what he's called us to be a part of. But but guess what? Unless Unless I get revelation and begin to move that way, I'm never gonna get there. I got my first real job. At 16, okay? Little Caesar's Pizza, flashback. There we go. So, come a long way, baby. Pizza, pizza. All right, here we go. Man, yeah. So, anyway, it's Little Caesar's. Now, what happens if, basically, and this maybe is a real poor analogy, but what happens if, you know, I live my life, and I go all the way until I'm 120 years old, right? I don't know if I really want to go that long, but 120 years old, and I, and I die, and I made, like, $30,000. What happens if when I stood before Jesus, I found out that when I started at 16, man, that I could have made it all the way down here to 120 years old with my cane rocking it, that, uh, man, that I could have made like $3 billion. I might be disappointed. Are y'all with me? I'm trying to use something we can all connect to here. All right, so anyways, so my point is, 
is if we basically go here at 16 years old and we never work out these iniquities and things in our life, if we never believe in the power of the Holy Ghost to come and confront things, we're going to get there and we're going to find out, man, we got $30,000, yay. That's all we did for the kingdom. It's all the influence we had, all we ever accomplished. But if I go, okay, let me begin to actually have faith and believe and give access to the Holy Ghost in my life and let him begin to really work things out and I get all the way there, then guess what? It might be a little different. I hope you would go, man, I want to take that second path and not the first path. Amen? But once again, you got to partner with the Holy Spirit to to get that thing out of there. Amen? All right, so let me give you a a few things here. Number one, if you want to get off that merry-go-round, number one, you got to recognize the iniquities. If there's anything I'm going to say today, this is the most important thing. you got to recognize the iniquities. Once again, the places where you're bent, where you're twisted, because you need to understand that just because you got bent don't mean you can't be unbent. Amen? So so listen, I I want to maybe uh, say something here. In fact, we're going to throw up a quote by Jimmy Evans. He said this, kind of once again, bring it back to base level. He said, iniquity is any form of behavior you recognize in your parents' lives or family history as being unbiblical, as not being representative, uh, representative of the character of God, and as having generational influence. Okay? Now, listen, if you think I'm giving you hogwash here, okay? That's so Alabama. Uh, if you think I'm giving you hogwash here, Ask yourself, when Adam and Eve fell in Genesis chapter 3, did it not affect you? So why could somebody in your family lie and not mess up and it affect you? Okay, if you need more biblical proof, go read, go read Deuteronomy chapter 5, and it'll talk about basically going for the sins of generations. And it talks about the sins of the fathers, and the word father there actually translates to ancestors, and so it's talking about your mama too. Okay, so it's not just dad's fault. And also, if you need more to go, go read Romans 6, all right? So, so listen, what I want to do for a second, I want to give you guys some common iniquities that are possibilities, okay? Now, listen, this is where we all understand Pastor Quentin is not an expert on this. The Holy Spirit is, okay? It's not my job to connect it to you. It's his job to connect it to you. And so it's, but it is our job to open up our hearts and say, Lord, is there anything there that you want to speak to me? Amen? So let's throw up. Here we go. I don't know how we're doing this, but I'll just start reading. And so the first one that just kind of came to mind is anger. Next one is this, gossip. And maybe pause right there. Let me preface this with this. So often we just think these big major sins, but I want you to understand there's just old mindsets in there that are unhealthy. Okay? So, so don't, don't always, we, we mess up and we label all these things as what society says is a big sin, and God looks at it way different. Another one is this, prejudice or racism. How about this, bitterness, being judgmental, unforgiving. Uh, the next one I'm elaborate on, but chauvinism. This goes two ways here. This, this can go with basically guys who have a unhealthy disrespect towards women, okay? But it also goes, and I really, really feel like I, I, I need to say this today, but it also goes from basically men, I mean women, having a negative view of men. And, 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 and I feel like I need to say this, that it, once again, that I feel like the, the, there's a lady that you could be married to an incredible guy that serves you, loves you, and you still treat him like crap. And the reason you treat him like crap is because that's what your mammy did and your grandmammy did, 
and, it, and it's there. And for whatever reason, in your mind, you go, this is not right, but why in the world do I keep doing it? It's like, it's like there's, a, if I can say it this way, it's almost like a bathtub. Like you, you, you unplug, pop, and you let that thing roll. You don't, know, you don't know how to stop it, and it just keeps rolling. So anyways, next one is this, dominance. In other words, you, you're, you're domineering, and that tends to be most fellas. But the next one, control, that tends to be more women. Next one is manipulation. Next one, moral impurity. You go all around the world with that one. Sexual abuse, throwing there lust, perversion, physical abuse, verbal abuse, substance abuse, alcohol, drug addiction. Let me throw this out there because in church we don't like talking about alcohol. Uh, but, it, but if that's the thing you got to run to before you run to Jesus, you got a problem. Okay? I, I realize I stand different than most people in the room. I, I hate alcohol. Hate it with a passion because I grew up around it and, uh, and saw the destruction of it. So I got no love for it. So, but, but I will say this, that, that if you got to run to that to somehow find peace, you got a problem. Okay? Next thing is pride. How about even this? Worry. <laughs> Fear. Emotionalism. And what I mean by that is basically you, you, they, they never respond to a situation in a healthy way. Obviously, it's immediate volcano explosion of emotions. Okay, and that tends to be fear and worry and all that stuff. Okay, next one is this: is negativity. Man, it's just we're so everything's negative. Debbie Downers everywhere, right? Oh, Debbie, gotta love Debbie. <laughs> next one is this: is depression. And uh, li- listen, you can throw in that suicidal thoughts. Okay, next one there is root of rejection. Man, nobody loves me. Nobody. I'm the victim. Next one: sarcasm. That's an issue. Irresponsibility. Codependent behavior. Uh, if I was going to put something inside that, I would say this, a poverty mindset. Okay, and, and to, to let it be known, some people in poverty have nothing. Some people that have a poverty mindset are millionaires. Okay, and so you can have a, po- you can have a poverty mindset. It doesn't really matter what's in your, in your bank account. It's simply this. A poverty mindset says this, is there's a fear that you'll never have enough. Okay, and the last one there is simply this, rebellion. And that's based on this antisocial attitude, antisocial behavior. In other words, you're always going against everything. And, uh, man, I have, I have met some people who are extremely gifted in the kingdom, you, you know, but, man, they cannot submit to anybody. And what happens is, once again, they're that 16-year-old that gets down there with $30,000 versus what God deposited in them, or they could be a millionaire or a billionaire down there in the kingdom, but because they refuse to submit to anybody because they got rebellion issues, they never become anything. So, basically, all this boils down to ungodly behavior, ungodly characteristics that's in your family line. And, and so, listen... I, all I'm asking is that you do what I've been doing, stopping, pausing, center, basically centering your heart on Jesus and just going, Holy Spirit, is there anything that's there that I need to recognize? Right? And, and so, you know, part of this, I said earlier, is, you know, these conversations I've been having, what I didn't say is Jen and I have been having this conversation. And so to stopping and looking at things that we wrestle with and we struggle with and going, man, why are we struggling with that thing? Right? Why are we wrestling with that thing? It, you know, is, is there something that's a, that's, there's a, um, that fear has gripped us because of stuff that we've seen in the line? 
So, so watch this. So listen, when you begin to survey, examine, whatever you want, to, whatever word you want to look to, uh, there's going to be things that you find that you go, man, that's good. That's a, that's, that's a really good thing. I'm glad I have it. That is basically a generational blessing. Praise God for that. Amen. And so, but at the same time, if you're here and you go, man, that's a negative thing, uh, more than likely, if it's a real negative thing that's controlled your life in some ways, that thing is a generational bondage, generous curse, however you want to word it. It's an issue. And, uh, and so don't be surprised when that thing comes up. And, and also want to say this, help you out. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. Okay, because the bottom line is, guess what? It's a good thing that the Holy Spirit's revealing to you because he doesn't reveal anything that he doesn't want to help you overcome. Amen? And don't, and don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're the only one because you're definitely not. All right, the second thing is this. is not only do we need to, once we identify it, we need to do this. So simple. We need to forgive. We need to forgive. And, and, I'm gonna, and I may go into this next week. I'm not sure. But, but I, I kind of trust that you understand the importance of this. I hope you do. Right. But but I'll say this, that forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door to freedom in the area of iniquities. In other, in other words, it's 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 this. I, I'll say it like this. At our old church, there was a little bitty old lady, little lady. OK, she wasn't old, but she was a little lady. And she started manifesting the devil in the prayer room. And she started slinging special forces guys around the room. I don't believe in it. Well, that's all right. You'll believe in it at that moment, I promise you. So, and they tried to minister to that gal and minister to that gal and minister to that gal and could not get her free. And they basically said, look, there's some stuff in your life. And I think basically, I don't know if someone got a word or not or something, whatever, but the Lord spoke to somebody and said, uh, basically, you got an issue with your mother. And the gal refused to deal with it. She calmed down, basically, and she went home. A few weeks later, she came back, and she said, I'm ready to forgive. And the moment she forgave, she was set free. So, so listen, there, there's, there's things that we, you, you, you got to let go of your right to be mad. And you got to let go of the thing that you go, man, I want to be punished. Let it go. Let Jesus be the judge. Amen. And, and listen, I, I, I've said it a hundred times, but, but listen, God doesn't, God doesn't tell us to forgive people for the other person. He tells us to forgive them for ourselves. Because once again, those people, they continue to live their life and you're the one remaining in bondage. Okay. And so if you want to get set free, once again, it's not so much, forgiveness isn't so much about your past as much as it is about your future. And so forgive that person so you can move forward in a good way. Amen. So you can get free. So the next thing is this, and this is huge. Number three is repent. <laughs> repent. And I know it's easy to go, but it's because of them I got this issue. <laughs> but, but watch this. Um, here's the truth, guys, is even though your parents, your grandparents may have wrongly influenced you. Guess what? You're still responsible for your actions. Nobody ever makes us do anything, right? And so rather than blame shift, we need to own something. And we need to take responsibility because the truth is until we do that, guess what? We'll never be free, right? And so listen, I, there's people that I get with and want me to help them. And I cannot get them over the fact of just quit looking at everybody else that it's their fault. Own your own crap. Right? 
forgive who you need to forgive, and then repent. Turn from that thing. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to set you free. And guess what? He will, right? And let me, I don't know if this will pop up or not, but I'll read this. The reason sin destroys families is because we fail to recognize it and deal with it properly. This is how we deal with it properly. However, if we will call sin for what it is, forgive those who have sinned and repent for our own sins, guess what? The blood of Jesus will erase the power of that sin from our lives. Amen. It was there. All right, so listen, let me stop here for a second, okay? Take a little side commercial here. Uh, Maybe what you're dealing with today uh, has nothing to do with your family. Maybe you opened the door, okay? Because that's in the room too. So let me maybe just encourage you in this. How about shutting that door for your kid's sake? Yeah? Listen, as someone who grew up in a family that didn't know Jesus until later after I got born again, uh, they're, they're saved now. But guess what? I had to realize that all this stuff that we're talking about, man, through the blood of Jesus, that, that thing broke with me. Right? And listen, as a grown man, there's chances and opportunities to go revert to what they did. Because it's not that I don't ever hear those things. Right? But once again, I've made decisions in my own life for my own baby's lives, all four of them, that I will not, will not, will not open that door. Right? I remember, to give you an example, I remember sitting in my office one day, and a father brought his kid in there, because I was a youth pastor, and he brought his teenage son in there that was about 14, 15 years old. Pastor Quinn, can you please talk to him? We, we found out that, that they called him Little, and basically his first name, and uh, they said, basically, we found out that, that he... Um, May have been looking at pornography. And in that moment, was so crazy, in that moment where he's wanting me to help his kid, I heard the Holy Ghost say, why don't you ask Dad how he's doing in that area? And I said, well, before we deal with him, uh, do you struggle with this too? And then it wasn't so much about little so-and-so as much as it was, Dad, we got to close the door in your own house because you opened the devil's door. Right? And so, and so, you know, once again, ask yourself, man, do I want my kids to struggle with what I'm wrestling with? Why not fight for the generations that follow you so they don't have to? Amen? Amen. So, so listen, last thing here is this. Number four is submit. This is hard for some of us. You can put surrender or whatever word you want to use. But, man, submit. The Bible clearly says this. Submit to God and the devil will flee from you. Right? If uh, it, when, when, when basically, if you can see the picture, when that thing comes and whispers, if she just goes, I'll go with it, she just submitted to the enemy. <laughs> and she resisted the Holy Spirit. And she did her thing. Same thing here, same thing here, right? Why not submit to God and to his word and resist the enemy? And guess what? Let the power of the word of God work for you. Are y'all hearing me today? Because it's either true or it's not true. Amen? So as it's up there, listen, it's simply this, and I'll just read it. Basically, as we submit to the Holy Spirit, right, he'll lead us into the truth that will straighten out every bent and twisted area in our lives. If you need scripture, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform me, Lord, to the pattern of this world, transformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you'll be able to test prove what God's good, please, perfect will is. Right? Basically, let him, let him transform your mind, right? So let me, let me say this here real quick, okay? Is, um, this may help somebody, may not, but I feel like I need to say it today. 
Jen and I have been married for be 16 years, June the 21st. Boom. All right. So anyways, I spent the first few years of us being married, and I don't know why. I uh, have no clue. I'm talking about praying the house down, studying the Bible, totally surrendered to God. But I spent years and years and years uh, gripped by fear that I would basically commit the sins of my fathers. Like I, I saw this line of stuff in my grandpa and my dad, just utter dysfunction. And I thought, you know what, and this is basically the thought that I had. That's great that you love God, but give it time, you'll fall just like them. Maybe you've never had that fear. But I just knew, and listen, here's how much that thing gripped me, and this was stupid, but, but it gripped me so much that one day in the middle of all that thing of being wrecked on the inside, I told Jen, basically, get ready, one day I'm going to do this. I feared y'all would say that. <laughs> and so now what I did is I put basically fear in my wife, and, uh, and, so, and so it just kind of wrecked things for a bit. And I wasn't trying to mess things up. I'm just like, man, it's your best friend. Here's where I'm struggling, right? And so anyways, I remember one day I, I went into uh, an office. Uh, you know, we had a pretty big staff, and I went to basically we had a counseling department, and I walked in to deal with, I don't know, probably somebody else's issue that I needed wisdom on. And, and something happens to me when I go to those people's office. I go in there, and I sit down, and I start spilling my guts. Man, I cannot tell you how many times that happened over the years. And I sat down in, in Pastor Renee's office, and, and I, you know, once again, they're talking about some ladies having some issues, and I go, here's what I'm afraid of. And she goes, you know, Pastor Quentin, I got a verse for you. And she goes, I want you to know some verse, and this is where you can come. But, but it's Isaiah 53, verse 5. It says this, talking about Jesus here, right? says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Watch this. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen, guys. If there's no hope in any of this, there's no reason to bring it up. But there's hope. <laughs> right? And the bottom line is, I sat there that day and she finished the rest. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And, and basically, here's what she said. She said, PQ... Um, you need to understand that a bruise isn't something that's necessarily surface, it's something deep. And that's the day that I learned that iniquities are generational sins. And I never knew it. And she said, PQ, Jesus has already handled it on the cross. Now all you have to do is believe it and let the power of God change you. Now watch this, guys. The simple revelation that she said that I got up from that office and I walked out a free man. Never afraid again. Never scared. Jesus, gone. Revelation. So I, I want to say this to you today, and we're going we're gonna to pray here in a second, but I just want to say this, that, that whatever you've identified, there's a solution. Okay? And, and you don't have to live with it. Now, now listen, I, I, let, me, let me say something to you. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been things that I've had a process of working out. Yeah? The fear broke, but it doesn't mean that I've never had a temptation in those areas. 
But, but the difference is now is before I felt like that thing had power over me. And now I don't feel like it has power over me. Now it's just basically devil shut up because I know it's not from God. Right? So here's what I want to do. I, I want to do what I said a while ago and hopefully you guys are okay. It's still kind of early. And, and I want us to, uh, close our eyes and I want us to center in on Jesus and I want to give him room for a minute and, and allow him to speak to us because I know some people in this room say well I'll go home and I'll do that but most of us will get caught up in that fried chicken and we'll forget y'all don't even eat fried chicken here I don't even know why I'm saying it so let's just close our eyes and let's just uh, turn our hearts towards the Lord Father, we're asking today on the name of Jesus that you would come and that you would speak to us. Lord, I'm asking right now, God, for every person in this room, including myself, God, just just the atmosphere of heaven would come. And Lord, I pray, God, that even as we prayed earlier, God, if there's any static, God, any clutter, God, any distractions that would keep us from having a, uh, you know, open ears, clear uh, ability to hear from you right now. Lord, we pray that those things would be removed. Lord, I realize that the enemy doesn't like this. And I realize that he would want to do his absolute best to keep us from hearing and getting free. Uh, But Lord, we thank you that, God, there's power in your name. So in the name of Jesus, we just declare a clean atmosphere today to hear from the Lord. So Holy Spirit, would you allow us and help us to survey in this moment our lives and find out, God, is there anything there God, that's, that's uh, generational bondage, generational iniquity, God, that you desire to set us free from today. spoke to you and you got it just lift lift one of your hands both your hands we'll kind of wait on some other people that's good let me help somebody out here um, you can put your hands down if you want to um, those things that you've said I'll never be like my never be like my dad but yet you find yourself being like that it's a great indication so let's do this I'm going to simply lead us in a prayer once again it's yes it's in words but it's really by faith from our hearts today if you want to repeat after me if uh, if this is for you not for you just say it anyways just kind of help everybody else out Say, Father, I recognize this iniquity and I repent of my involvement in it. I forgive my parents and my grandparents for anything they've done wrong. And I bless them in Jesus' name. I ask 
for your forgiveness for myself and I receive it by faith. I also break the power of this iniquity off my life in the name of Jesus. I break, just with your own words right now, just whatever it is to the Lord. I break, say it to the Lord. Say all for my life, all for my life, in all future generations. I renounce it and pray that you will heal me and teach me how to change this area and to walk in obedience to you. I thank you today for forgiving me and setting me free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you really quick. Man, you can go ahead and come. Worship team. Father, I just thank you. Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. Lord, we just pray, God, that all this stuff, God, that we've wrestled and contended with for years and years and years, God, we pray that today that it's a done deal. God, it's done. It's finished. Father, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit coming, God, and literally evicting every one of these areas from our lives. And so, Lord, help us today, God, to continue to press forward and move, be healthy people in your kingdom, God. God, to be people who reflect the glory and the life of God. And so, Lord, today, I just bless your people. Father, thank you, God, once again, for moving in our hearts, moving in our lives. Thank you for continuing to move us forward, God, in your name. God, and let our lives, God, just be uh, something that brings you glory and brings you honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.